Steel Under Construction in the Article 7 Podcast. So the word that I hope people heard in the last podcast was the word try. I will try to get on a podcast every week. Unfortunately, no sooner do I say that than things start to happen really fast and furious around Bethany Lutheran Church, located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> like how I worked that in there. Uh, I am Pastor Andy Jago, and this week I will try to release this podcast and the next one back-to-back uh, to make up for some lost time. This is episode two for Under Construction, uh, Bethany's Building Program, a sermon series that reads through the book of Ephesians to understand how we build a church. The special music in this podcast was recorded on Liberian Independence Day, a special concert that we do every summer, and it was powered by our African Immigrant Ministry, AIM for short. Uh, So you'll hear some music from that and the lead vocals of Deacon Robert Sawa. Uh, So the Sermon 2, Under Construction, African Gospel Music, that's all coming up next. Okay, need to stop what we're doing and rewind for a moment. I was just putting this podcast together when I saw an email, which unfortunately was put in my spam folder earlier. Sorry about that, Kevin. But thank you for letting me know that the last podcast seemed to have been cut short. I went back and checked, and sure enough, something must have happened when I exported the file from Audacity. That's the software I use. So thank you, Kevin. Uh, Without your feedback, I wouldn't have known what had happened, so... Uh, Let's just uh, rewind a bit here. All right, and now we're ready to go on with episode one. Afterward, you're going to hear episode two again. Just going to change things around a little bit uh, since we'll go sermon music, then we'll go sermon for under construction two, and then uh, music from our gospel choir recorded on Liberian Independence Day afterwards. So here we go. That's coming up. That's in the weeks to come. But for today, let us just be taken up with the Apostle. Let's be taken up and marvel in the fact that we are in this blueprint. We are a part of God's plan. Verse 22, And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. God who is all in all who's perfect and complete all in his own, still chose us, dear brothers and sisters, and redeemed us with the blood of Jesus Christ so that all things in heaven and earth can be united. We are a part of that 
plan. God the Father who laid the plan, God the Son who has redeemed us by his blood so that we can be united with him, and God the Holy Spirit who works in us, especially through the prayers of the faithful. It, it, it sounds so trite. And sometimes I hate the phrase. I hate it the way that it's used sometimes. When someone goes through tragedy like being in prison or being, having an unexpected illness, don't worry, God has a plan. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes in that moment, you don't want to hear God has a plan. You want the person to suffer with you a little bit and pray with you and just cry out to the Lord for his mercy. And that's what should happen in that moment. But dear brothers and sisters, we also, at the same time, should never give up hope that, yes, there is a plan. Yes, there is salvation. Yes, there is this great family spread all across the world that we have been united in heaven for things in heaven and things on earth have been united and redeemed and reconciled in Christ Jesus. That has already happened, and that is happening through the work of the Holy Spirit today, through you and through me. We are in that blueprint. We are in the plan because God chose us. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.
to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. as you have said that no one who comes to you hung, will, will leave hungry or thirsty. We ask, Lord Jesus, that as we come to you today, that you will fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit and open to us your word of life as we feed on that bread of life today. In Jesus' name, amen. We uh, are going to, let me first of all, dear Christian friends, invite you to take out your Bible. If you brought it with you, I encourage you to do that. It gets us into good habits for the story on September 13th. But uh, also, uh, you may, if you do not have your Bible, turn to 976 in this pew Bible here. Ephesians chapter 2. We are reading through the letter to the Ephesians. And... As we read through, we begin with these words in Ephesians 2, verse 1, and you. Kind of seems like we're picking up mid-thought, right? (laughs) And you. That's going back to the, the previous way that Paul was getting caught up in the plan of God, which includes you and I because God chose us to unite all things in heaven and on earth. That's what we took from chapter 1. And now as we open up chapter 2, verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Now we could get caught up in some of the the spiritual things, some of the language that Paul uses, which is back from his day to describe all the, the evil spirits, the power of the devil, and so forth. But the key thought there, which is plain to understand in verse 1, is you were dead. You were incapable of response, incapable of life, incapable of being part of this plan that Paul lays out in chapter 1, because you were dead. I like to use the illustration in Bible class of a, you know, the, the dead battery in a car. You, no matter how much you complain about it, no matter how much you threaten it, it does not have any power to respond to you. You could turn the key all you want. It's not going to, it's not going to activate without an outside power source being connected to it, the jumper cables on the battery being connected to it. You... Paul writes, we're dead in trespasses and sins. So last week I was to have my study notes here and I was offering them to Pastor Davis should he ever want to do something, a Bible study on Ephesians. I said, well, here's some first translation and study notes for you if you want it, Pastor Davis. And were your ears burning after the, the last sermon last week? You said, why is it? Because we were mentioning the fact that you were, I mentioned the fact that, that Pastor Davis was an architect. 
and used to draw blueprints, you know, before he studied for the ministry, before he was a pastor. And uh, so I said, now, can you help me out for this sermon? Because we're going to talk about the foundation. And I remember back, uh, I asked him about uh, his recent experience in Liberia. His sister and her family have, uh, were building a church just outside of Buchanan in Liberia. Uh, and uh, the, the Pastor Davis was in charge. He supervised the construction of, uh, of an extension to their church, an, uh, an education wing extension. So he had them measure things out. He drew up the plans, had to measure out, dig down. He said, now, I asked him what was involved with that. He said, well, the main thing to, to make sure of is you're digging down deep enough. You can't take all the loose dirt up there. You've got to go down to at least good dirt or rock pack everything down so it's good and solid because he said once the weight is put onto that structure and of course if, it, if you don't do those things, if you don't do it right then the, the, it'll sink down the foundation cracks, the building cracks, it won't last you have to build on the right foundation dear Christian friends that's what we're going to talk about here in chapter 2 of Ephesians we're gonna, we, have to, we have to lay down the proper foundation, it can't be us whether it's even, even, even out of good desires to want to grow the church or build the church, it may, uh, our, if we start with us, what I get out of church, those things are all things that, that need to be considered. But if we start there, if we start with me, if we start with you, we start with our sin, we are lost, we are dead, we cannot respond to God. We have to start somewhere else besides you and me. It has to come from the outside, this power to build the church. And here we go in verse 4. But, let me share with you a a study note from R.C. Sproul. That's S-P-R-O-U-L. Love his commentary on Ephesians. He said, I have always said that the first word in verse 4 is my favorite word in all the Bible. It is the word, but... As grim as this picture is of man's fallenness, Paul hastens to add, but God who is rich in mercy. Because of the great love, Paul continues, the great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's latch on to a few things here. First, we start with God. We start with his character. We start with his being. We start with three words, mercy, grace, great love. Mercy. God sees us as dead in our trespasses and sins. Mercy. He wants to do something. He wants to save us from that condition. The great love which he loved us. It's love that causes him to reach down, to come down and share our human existence and rescue us by his death and his resurrection. This is all given to us. It is by grace you have been saved. We don't do anything. We receive the gift. And that is it. Mercy, love, grace. Now look at these other three words. 
and marvel at the fact that this long phrase is one word in the Greek language. Made us alive together with is one word in Greek. (laughs) Made us alive together with Christ. Here's another one. Raised us up with one word, him. Seated us with one word. Those, look at those with is the key to all three of those, those phrases. That's one word in Greek. Raised us up, made us alive, seated us at the right hand. We cannot do anything without, without Christ. Has to be all three of those things with, with Christ. We don't have any power to raise ourselves. It has to be with Christ made us alive. We can't make ourselves alive any more than a dead car battery can make itself start up. It has to be the jumper cables. We have to have that outside power coming in. Seated us at the right hand with God. This is an eternal thing that we are building with the foundation as Jesus Christ. Verse 8, which if you have your own Bible, please highlight from 8 to 10. Please underline that. Please Memorize that. Make it a part of who we are as Lutheran Christians. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. We are in the middle of one of the great texts of the Bible. It is not the result of works so that no one can boast. And just in case you were going to boast, by the way, just in case you were going to say, hey, what a good thing this is that I've done. Look, I fed the poor. Look, I helped to put clothes on someone's back. I comforted someone by visiting them. In case you were to say, what a good thing that is, remember this, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Even that good thing, it has to, it has to start with God in order for it to be good, in order for it to be something that is eternal. We're going we're gonna, to, in the next chapter of Ephesians, get more into working. We're going to put on this hat and get into the work zone ourselves as we build the church. But today we're going to build on the foundation. We're going to start, we're going to start somewhere. We have to start with the first stone that is laid. We have to start with the work of Jesus Christ. In verse 11, therefore remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. I love that phrase, covenants of promise. That's a good way to describe the Old Testament. Covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Again, we are dead. But now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Again, this is all God's work. God makes us alive, seats us at the right hand, raises us up with Christ, and then brings us together by the blood that was shed. That's another important phrase, by the blood. It is by the lifeblood of Christ being shed and covering our sins that brings us together with God and one another. For he himself is our peace, Paul writes, 14, who has made us both one 
and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. <gasps> oh, that's all one sentence again. <laughs> Paul getting caught up again in this scene, and you get demolition, like digging down deep enough so that you lay the proper foundation, you, you break down the dividing wall of hostility. If there's anything between you and me, between you and God, the Lord Jesus Christ has broken it down by his blood. You see this all through the Gospels, dividing walls being knocked down. There's a Samaritan woman at the well that Jesus talks with. Well, there's, she's a woman, and she's from a different culture. <laughs> knocked down that wall. Peter visits the house of Cornelius, who's a, a Roman centurion. He's a soldier. He's going to preach to him the word of life because he was told to by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter that those cultural and language or whatever else barriers are there. They get knocked down. Demolition. You've got to make sure that you get the right foundation and you start in that way. By the blood of Jesus Christ, those things are knocked down, demolished. And we begin here. He came and preached peace to you who were far off, peace to those who were near, for through him we have access in one spirit. Just, as, just in case you were forgetting about the work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to see the Holy Spirit again all over chapter 3 when we get to work building the church. But first we are brought together. The Spirit gives us that word of life, that bread of life, tells us here is where you may live, here is where you may eat, here is where you may drink and live. Here is where you may begin. It is the Spirit that connects us to this word of life, this work of Christ for our sake. And this is the result in verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. Yes, dear friends, there is growth. We are being built up. And hopefully we're, we're thinking along those ways as we present ourselves to the Lord for spiritual renewal in this church, as we ask for the revival of the Holy Spirit to just move among us in this time, being open to what our Lord wants us to do, maybe looking at different mission opportunities that are before us, driving the other day. I haven't been down to Potomac Yards for a while where Living Water meets for their Bible study, and all of a sudden I see all those high-rises that once were just holes in the ground have now been built. And guess what? There's people there. I want them here. <laughs> we got these apartments here. I mean, we want to connect people with this word of life, and we're excited because the church should be being built up, should be growing by God's grace in this way, that we, we don't start, though, with my desire. I want those people. 
we start with Jesus Christ. We lay that as the cornerstone. It says the foundation is the apostles and prophets. They may surprise us. We say, no, the foundation is Christ, yes, but those apostles and prophets could do nothing. Jeremiah says, it's like a fire in my bones. They have to speak God's word. The apostles had to present Christ crucified and raised for us in order for that, for us to be connected with Christ, like at the beginning of this chapter, raised up with him, made alive with him, seated with him at the right hand. That's the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ is that first stone that you lay. Dear Christian friends, before this building was built, there had to be a hole dug in the ground and a foundation laid. I have a piece of Bethany Lutheran history here that's been kept in the pastor's closet for a long time. I've been looking for an opportunity to bring it out <laughs> and to, to, to use it for something. It just can't sit there. So let me read to you the, what's on here. It says, this long-handed shovel was used during the groundbreaking ceremonies just prior to embarking on another milestone in the extension and growth of Bethany Lutheran Congregation being built up. The building which followed was to serve as the, as the church from 22 July 1956 to 15 July 1963, just about a decade. And it is now the fellowship hall. So this dug in the dirt down there where we meet sometimes for fellowship and for Bible study down on that end. Nearly 35 years later, March 17, oh, St. Patrick's Day, 1991, this shovel was again used to the glory of God and breaking ground for new construction and renovation of education and fellowship facilities. Ten classrooms were added and fellowship hall space increased by 50%. That's the whole preschool area now and Sunday school area that we use for God's glory on that side. Before it could be built, you have to start with the fun. That's why this thing is, is part of our history. It's precious to us. That's why we keep it around. It's a little bit of a museum piece, but it's something that, that we had to remember that time, that we had to dig the foundation, that we had to, we had to start somewhere. Dear Christian friends, that's exactly what we have in Ephesians chapter 2. We have to start somewhere before we can grow, before we can build the church, or in this case, renew ourselves, be renewed by God and, and, and revive ourselves with the power of His Spirit. We have to start somewhere. And as Pastor Davis reminded me about how a foundation is first laid, it has to be on the sure and certain foundation of God's Word. It has to start with Jesus. It's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about His grace and love and mercy. It's about Him grabbing the Christian people, grabbing His people, making us alive with, raising us up with, and seating us at the right hand with Jesus Christ, because we can do none of this without. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever in Christ Jesus. The God that never fails, let him be your God. Let him be your God. In him there is power. I said the God that never fails, 
let it be our God. In Him there is power. The God that answers prayer. Knows your needs. He knows your needs. So let it be your God. Let it be your God. In Him there is power. Go. Knows your needs. He knows your needs. So let it be your God. Let it be your God.